Designcast Podcast, the podcast for design and STEAM educators. Hello and welcome to Designcast, a podcast where I interview a wide range of excellent guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives. My name is Jason Reagan and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a design educator to dig deep into complex issues. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. Each episode, I chat with guests from all corners of the design world, from classroom teachers to authors and even to educational consultants. We discuss a wide range of topics that we feel are relevant today. I do want to ask you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, or download from your favorite podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by listeners that might not find it otherwise. Also, it helps me to continually define the direction of future guests and episodes. Feel free to drop by my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, to leave me a comment or to sign up to be considered as a future guest on future episodes. Also, don't forget to stop by Anchor and leave me a voice clip that could even end up in an upcoming show. Thanks for listening. So let's get to it. On this episode of DesignCast, I was so lucky to chat with my friend, Anna McMahon. She is a well-being expert that specializes in working with schools and educators. We talk about how the current situation in schools is having a lasting effect on teachers and students. I know that our discussion will be among the best thing that you will hear today. Also, as an added benefit Anna is offering a special discount for her services for DesignCast listeners. So be sure to check that out. The information is in the show notes and also in the episode. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this chat with Anna McMahon. Welcome to DesignCast. Jason Reagan will guide you through the MYP design course like a pro. Stay tuned. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of DesignCast, and I'm just so humbled and excited to have Anna McMahon on with me today. Anna, how you doing? Good, Jason. It is such a pleasure. And as we were just talking before, I believe other than your husband, we'll get into there later, your voice has been on my podcast more than anyone but mine, because <laughs> you were you did the intro for me for many, many seasons. So I appreciate that. Thank you publicly for that. <laughs> yeah, your such voice is great. Thank you so much. So so Anna, you, I, I want to talk about what you have done and what you are doing. Now, I know that you've, you were an educator for many years and now you're doing something else. So can you tell us about your journey into education and then a little bit about what you're currently doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I was a teacher working in education and educational leadership for about 10 years internationally. Before that, I actually had a degree in psychology 
And I had this big wild plan to do a doctorate in educational psychology, got whisked away by my then boyfriend, now husband, to become an international teacher. So doctorate out the window. And then I left teaching uh, a couple of years ago to go back to psychology, which is what I'm doing now. And I focus in well-being psychology. So what that is where I use positive psychology and coaching psychology and use that for well-being consultancy and executive coaching. So, you know, of course, I know you from when we all worked together in China. And mm-hmm. I was so excited to hear that you were kind of breaking off and doing something else. And so why did you feel now is the time to consider well-being? Well, when I was teaching and working as a leader, I was always drawn back to the impact of well-being. So within my classroom, there was so many things that we would be constantly doing about well-being with the students, but I always felt the substance was missing. So, I mean, I, I remember one school in particular that I was working in and the theme for the year was well-being. And we were given every Friday, a well-being hour to work with the students. And that was it. I mean, I was like, I, what do you do? What do you mean a well-being hour? What does that look like? Are we teaching them things? And a lot of the time it would end up, we'd be outside with the kids giving them free time in the playground. And that's not good enough really to really teach well-being skills or really develop well-being. It was kind of like paying lip service to it. And A similar situation when I was working in leadership, the topic of staff well-being would come up. We'd see issues with staff well-being, but we didn't know what to do. And of course, like ideas would be thrown out on the table. But again, it was just lip service. You're not really getting to the core of the problem or, which is even more important, being proactive and getting ahead of it before it becomes a problem. Because it shouldn't be just about fixing what's wrong, like creating an environment that is productive, where people are at their best, people are optimizing. You need to be focusing on well-being and you need to be promoting it and being proactive about it. And I really saw that that was missing and it, it always bothered me about working in education. And in all honesty, like my own well-being was affected when I was a teacher. There was a lot of stress, a lot of burnout, a lot of pressure. You look at the newspapers now, just this week, actually, in the UK, there was a, a statistic put out that 44% of teachers are planning to leave the profession in the next five years because of stress and burnout. That's huge. And there was a big global report there a few months ago as well. So it's not even just the UK, it is globally that Teachers are leaving the profession and not even just leaving the profession, but are failing within the profession because of occupational stress, burnout, impact on well-being, especially after COVID. So, I mean, taking all that together, I always had an interest in psychology and I just found myself being drawn back to that all the time. And I'm like, you know what? I want to be proactive about it. I want to do something about it. There must be something that we can do. And that's how I ended up where I've ended up. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk about your um, company and your your service mm-hmm. in a minute. But I want to kind of go back and revisit a few of the things that you mentioned. And and I think that already education and being an educator is a, an extremely rewarding, but an extremely stressful profession. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think COVID and the pandemic has only just magnified that. And I'm just curious kind of what your your own experience has been 
in observing sort of what's going on around the world, what's going on. Your your husband's a teacher, so what's going on even in his own environment? You know, how do you what, what sort of trends are you seeing with teachers other than just leaving the profession? What's what's going on with them? UNESCO put out several reports about how the life of a teacher had changed and the job demands of a teacher had changed because of um, the restrictions put in place in COVID. And there's so many elements to this. First of all, you have how teachers' daily job changed in that they were working working from home, not able to have face-to-face relationships with their students. That directly impacts how they are doing their job. And there was no end in sight to that for a long time. I mean, some countries spent over a year online. So there's that element to it. And, you know, for what a lot of the teachers I've talked to, teachers get meaning, positive emotions, satisfaction from their interactions with their students. And when your interactions are changed and you're now doing it online through a computer, it changes the dynamic of the relationship. So there's that. You also had in other countries where teachers were put like frontline workers and they were one of the first batch of workers to be back in the classroom. So then you're also battling with anxiety and fear around getting COVID because in some countries as well, it happened before there was a vaccine or before people were vaccinated. So you have that element of the anxiety and fear. And of course, then the same elements that affected a lot of workers where you're trying to balance home life and work life while trying to work from home. So there were so many different aspects that impact personal well-being for everybody, but then especially for teachers. And what I saw was Actually, I had I've just come a few months ago, we completed a big research project on the everyday experiences that st- stimulate positive emotions for teachers. So I investigated what were those everyday things that happen in the life of a teacher that brings them joy, makes them feel good, makes them like their job. And in, in my research, the biggest thing that came out of it was that positive relationships with the people in school is the biggest form of positive emotions for teachers. So think about that in terms of COVID, where you're not in a school, you're working from your spare bedroom on a laptop, you have, in some cases, no relationship with your colleagues or a completely changed relationship with your colleagues, no chats, no social interaction. You're missing actually like a fundamental need in that case. If you go, if you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy, social needs is an important foundation to those basic needs that people need, people have to have in order to be perform at their best. Once you have your physiological needs, your social needs and safety needs come after that. So you cannot expect people to operate at their best, reach their full potential, be creative, be optimized in a sense, if they're missing some of those basic needs, like feeling safe, being able to socialize, being able to have a conversation. And COVID had a huge impact on that for everyone, but teachers especially, it's completely different. And well said. Thank you for that. And I've thought a lot about it in the sense that, you know, if I'm an online professor and I made the choice <laughs> to do that and the, my students made the choice to be online students, it's a different story, right? Like they, it was mm. their choice, but overnight mm-hmm. – I mean, we literally at my own school, I'm in South Korea, in my own school, we have been back on campus 100% for two weeks. 
since the pandemic right. started. So 26 right. months we have been in some form of distance learning or hybrid learning. And we finally started moving back to more of a, a little bit more normalcy, which, you know, mm -hmm. think about it. I was talking to my students today uh, or this week, some of them in, let's say, grade 10. And I said to them, you know, the last regular school year you had was grade seven. And they could not believe that when they started to think about that. They were like, oh, wow. You know, and so then they started having a discussion about what it was like then <laughs> to what it's like now. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, it's, it was nice to walk in last week when all of the sort of plastic partitions were taken away in some of the classrooms. And it started feeling a little bit more like it used to feel, you know, and mm -hmm. I think we're missing an opportunity that we could make some major changes in a good way. But I know that that's a whole nother podcast episode, actually. Yeah. So, but so I agree with you. I think this is great. So, Anna, tell me how Enhanced Wellbeing, which is your company, is sort of tackling this. What kinds of services and, and whatnot do you guys offer to? Is it just educators? Is your main sort of target audience or who are, who are you working with? So I kind of have two facets to the business. I obviously have a specialized interest in teachers and in education because of my background. As you mentioned, my husband is also a teacher. So I have a, a vested interest in the well-being of teachers. So that's one aspect of the business. What I offer is consultancy with schools. So I'll work and I'm, this is very important to me that it is a collaborative process. So I go and work with the school to assess the well-being of their teachers, staff, leadership, assess their well-being practices, and then we work together to make positive changes to it. So a big, I suppose, push as well from my side and, and kind of what makes me different in my approach is that I operate from positive psychology. And positive psychology is all about looking at strengths, opportunities, and potential and working on that. Whereas like traditional psychology works with fixing what's broken and bringing things just back up to say, quote unquote, normal. Whereas positive psychology, we look for opportunities. And it's like, you can walk into a school and go, yeah, everyone's fine. Everyone, everyone's doing okay. Like nobody's, nobody's complaining of stress. Yeah, fine. Okay. What could we do to make this better? What could we do to get your staff to actually self-actualize and be operating at full potential? Because ultimately, that's kind of what we want, isn't it? Like, don't you want to feel like you're doing really well at your job, that you love your job, that you're completely committed to it, and you're happy in it? Isn't that the dream? <laughs> so yeah, that's one aspect of it where I work with schools. And then the other aspect of the business is where I do one-to-one -one coaching with anyone that they don't have to be a teacher. So I do well-being coaching. And I also, and again, from my education background, I'm very passionate about teaching people about well-being and empowering them to improve their well-being. So I offer one-to-one -one coaching where I work with someone on a one-to-one -one basis online. And I also have like self-paced online programs because I'm very much a believer in information is power and you can always better yourself by educating yourself and learning about it. Awesome. Sounds like you're the 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 one one stop shop. You know, <laughs> and I think as an educator, I mean, and I hate to say how many years it's been, but I'm in year 25 of of education and I can't recall very many times 
that well-being was uh, a strategic focus necessarily. Mm -hmm. It might be a theme for the PD or a theme for the year, but that often translated to having a a happy hour, you know, after Mm -hmm. work or, Mm -hmm. you know, doing a trust exercise in your department. And, And I'm not saying those things aren't good, but I believe it needs to be part of a holistic program that's strategic, that has a vision. And uh, it sounds like that's what you're kind of doing is that you're working from a place of let's make this progress versus let's start over. So I think that's great um, that you're doing that. I'm I'm so excited to hear how that goes and, and, and where you're going with that. And so, so tell me what have been some of the challenges for you? I mean, aside from the obvious of being in a pandemic (laughs) and working from Sri Lanka, you know, I mean, what, what have been some of these challenges for you? And, and sort of starting this business and 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 getting your sort of your services out there and known. Well, it's just kind of like what you mentioned, that tokenism that's sometimes associated with initiatives and themes at school. There's very much an idea of tokenism when it comes to well-being, where it's like, okay, yeah, let's have a, a free Friday or let's um, all go for a free lunch and you go, right, we did something for well-being or let's do an hour of yoga. And getting people and companies and schools to to see that it takes more than that. It is about developing a philosophy and having a holistic approach to encouraging well-being. It's the same for individuals. It's the same for organizations, same for educational institutions. You can't just do something one-off and expect it to make a huge difference. So getting people to shift their mindset about how to improve well-being, how to approach well-being, and even sometimes to realize that, yes, you can do something to be proactive about it. I operate from everything that I do is research-based, evidence-based. I am a psychologist, and that's really, really important to me. So moving beyond the idea of tokenism has definitely been one of the challenges I've had to face. And it's changing people's mindset around that. I'd say, yeah, that's probably the big one. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I think, again, I think it comes back to, you know, it takes time. It takes resources. It takes people with a vision and who are willing to support this. And I think it's it's like an exercise program, right? Like you may not see instant results, but over time you see tremendous results if you do it right Mm -hmm. and if you do it consistently Mm -hmm. and it sounds like it's sort of like an exercise program for your your um, emotional your mental your spiritual needs versus your physical needs it's what Mm -hmm. I'm hearing from you I don't want to put words in your mouth but that's kind of like what I'm hearing here and wow you know talking to you uh, you're just so wise I mean talking to Dave is very different (laughs) (laughs) he's the creative oh he's he's and as you mentioned, he is definitely the best sketcher I know. I mean, we're not talking yeah, the shoes. Yeah, we are talking about literal sketching. The guy is quite, quite an accomplished sketcher and his handwriting is impeccable. So he has great penmanship, <laughs> but that's great. I'm so excited to hear all about this. And and it is a passion of mine to your, your people are your greatest resource, particularly in a school. And I think you have to take care of those people. And so it's really important now. Absolutely. I think, you know, leaders have to take care of themselves too. You know, it can't just Mm -hmm. be 
all about necessarily giving back. It does have to be about giving back. But I mean, they, they need to think about what their needs are as well. And so, you know, I think totally. all, a lot of these techniques probably work for them as well. Is it would be my my assumption. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We talk about what's called like a top-down effect. And you can't if if leaders are looking after themselves and they're modeling, you know, best practice, well-being practices, taking care of their own well-being, that filters down. Research shows that the most effective intervention in any organization, any company, any schools is when you start with leadership and it has it filters down and that's like period they draw a line under it that's what works so you can't have you know be bringing in initiatives and that and say right it's only for the students or it's only for the teachers it needs to be collective and and ultimately you know we all uh, what's the point of life if we're not looking after ourselves and we're not optimized and we're not living to use a cliche living our best life or we're not happy what's the point what's the purpose to that i couldn't have said that better myself that's very profound thank you anna and so (laughs) what do you want to what do you see your company doing and your services what's your vision what do you what's your dream like if you could think 5 10 15 years in the future what do you want to see happening I, my absolute dream is for people, organizations, schools, governments, everybody to actually prioritize well-being and see the value in prioritizing well-being. Again, research shows that if you prioritize well-being, if you make that effort to have people reaching their full potential and being optimized, it does well for businesses. Businesses are actually more effective and have better outcomes. Same with schools for teachers and students and performance, and people are happier. And I don't think we actually really value that enough, that happiness and having good well-being are vital outcomes in themselves. And for me, if I could wave a magic wand and just go and shake somebody and go like, you you are missing out so much by not focusing on well-being and prioritizing well-being. You have no idea of the ripples and the exponential effect it will have if you focus on this one aspect of it rather than the bottom line or, you know, other kind of programs like well, well-being is the most effective intervention for improving business, schools, organizations, people's lives. It's at the core of it. I totally agree. I think and I don't think there's anyone who would disagree. I think for a lot of people, it's not having the tools or knowing what the tools are to be able to do that. And so that's why we have you, Anna, <laughs> to help yeah. us with those and with yeah, those tools. I, I totally get that because I was in that position. I didn't know even with my background in psychology, I had a, like a general psychology degree. I didn't know how to be proactive about well-being until I specialized in it, until I did a master's in it. And I think that is the issue for a lot of people. We They don't know what to do because they haven't been told. It, you know, not everyone has to turn around and do a master's in it like I do. I can just come in and, and help you. <laughs> That's why we have folks like you. Thank you, Anna. I totally get it. And so what are you really excited about at the moment? I know you're working with well-being and other things. What's really exciting to you right now? That's it, really. Like getting, you know, starting off with my own business and going out on my own. It was always something I thought about doing, but probably didn't have the self-belief to do it. And now that is completely a completely new thing, a new challenge. It is really, really exciting and really fulfilling. I mean, man, it's hard at times, but 
it's meaningful. And that gets me really excited. Awesome. And I think it's great. You can do that from anywhere. And, you know, we've learned a lot. There are some positives that have come from everybody kind of having to live in an online world for a while is being able to now make hybrid businesses and and whatnot. So, yeah, awesome. And Mm -hmm. I ask everyone kind of the same questions, but I want to know if you have to recommend a book for everyone to stop right now and read, what would it be? Flourish by Martin Seligman. That is so Martin Seligman is known as like the father of positive psychology. Yeah. So he wrote this book uh, called Flourishing, and it's all about the theories and models behind well-being. What are things that we can do to be able to flourish in life? And so the book, it's obviously, you know, very research based, which appeals to me. I'm a little bit of a nerd, but it is actually written. <laughs> it's written for the, the, the general public. And it talks about really simple ways of bettering your life and improving your well-being. And that involves engaging in um, activities that bring you positive emotions. So it's called like the PERMA model. So P is positive emotions. E is engagement and that idea of flow. And of course, you know, being a design expert, I'm sure you're very aware and familiar with the idea of flow. Um, It also talks about having things in your life that bring you meaning having accomplishments in your life and having relationships in your life. The value of relationships, I think, is can be really underestimated, but having good friendships, romantic relationships, collegial relationships are actually really important aspects of well-being. So that PERMA model is a very simple model that people can implement into their daily lives to really flourish and be at their best. So, yeah, I would highly recommend that book to anyone. Awesome. I will add it to my Goodreads shelf and folks know how to get to that. And it will be in the show notes, uh, a link to that. And so, Anna, if people want to get in touch with you, find out more about what you're doing, maybe connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Sure. So I have a website, uh, www.enhancedwellbeing.org. I'm also on Twitter. I'm not very good at Twitter. We'll put my hands up and say, this is something where I, I do need to call on the husband a little bit. But I am on Twitter for at enhancedwb and Instagram as well is at enhanced.wellbeing. All right. I'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. And one other really special thing that you've offered the listeners of this podcast is a discount. Yeah. So just especially for the design cast listeners, I have a discount code for the some of the products that I have on my website, which involves my one-to-one coaching. And I have also an online well-being course on that as well. So for 20% off, you can use the coupon designcast20. That's all lowercase design cast 20 again i'll make sure that's in the show notes so people can check that out either while they're listening or right after they're through listening so that's exciting thank you so much you're very very kind and generous to let us partake in that well, like that you know teacher well-being is so close to my heart mm. that i always want to do that little bit extra for the teachers absolutely and I, i'm really hoping some folks will take you up on that and i can't i, I can't say enough about knowing you 
for the time that I've known you, you're such a kind and empathetic person. So I can only imagine that oh, that, <laughs> that 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 itself bleeds into what you do in your in your practice and in your in your services. So thank you for that. You. And so and this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. I know that people who are listening will get some value and some excitement from what we're talking about. And so I want to thank you for for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Jason. And it's been really nice to engage in conversation about well-being and teacher well-being. And I would definitely encourage any of your listeners to make contact with me, drop me an email or a DM if there's any questions about well-being or anything that I can help with them always enthusiastic and eager to talk about it. Oh, absolutely. I can't say enough good things. Thank you so much, Anna. I hope you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host, and I produced and created this podcast. If you have any input, I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon.